Hello, everyone. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but the recording for today was on election day. And I think this guest today is the perfect, perfect guest for (laughs) pre-election results because he talks about how creating the miracle morning, how taking charge of your mornings is essential for changing your life one morning at a time. And that the outer world just doesn't matter when you have control of your inner world. So Hal, Hal Elrod is today's guest. He is fantastic. He's the author of The Miracle Morning. And there is a movie that is coming out on 1212, com. And you have got to listen to this episode. So good. Such hope for no matter what the result of the election is. And so many of us are, you know, in knots about it. But at the same time, there's so little we can do about the outer world. And so how do we take charge of ourselves and our emotions and what we want when the outer world feels so crazy? This episode is one you don't want to miss. So keep listening for Hal Elrod. Hi, and welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the same 24 hours podcast. I am your ship captain, Meredith Atwood. Very excited about today's guest, Hal Elrod is here. How are you? Meredith, I'm doing really well. Thank you for uh, having me today. I appreciate that I get to be one of your 24 hours uh, today. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh my goodness. That's funny. Um, So it's election day. So a kind of a crazy day. And I'm glad that you're choosing to spend some of it with me, but I'm very excited about you and your topic. Um, Let's just dive in. Why do we care about mornings? Well, I didn't care about mornings for most of my life. I was a, I think the average, you know, kind of um, non-morning person, which I think is most people. And, and I think that's developed, by the way, when we're kids. You think about like when we wake up from age, you know, you know, as a child to age 18, we typically wake up because we have to, right? Somebody else usually wakes us up, mom for or dad. School. Yeah, for school. <laughs> and if right. given the choice we would absolutely sleep in. So the problem with that is we're conditioned throughout the first 18 years of our life to only wake up when we have to. And then I think that transitions into our adult life. You look at the average person, they they set their alarm at the time that they have to be somewhere, do something or answer to or take care of somebody else. And the problem with that is we are missing out on starting our day in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state. Um, dedicating the first part of our day to getting in that state and then developing ourselves in terms of like personal development, becoming a better version of the person that went to bed the night before. And so if you think about it, if we're going to dedicate time, well, let me, let me pause or back up. One of the, the philosophy that gave birth to this idea for the miracle morning was a quote from Jim Rohn. 
And it was 2008, the US economy had crashed. I crashed with it. I lost over half of my income. I, I, my, I lost my house, foreclosed on by the bank. My body fat percentage tripled in like six months. So it was like this real downward spiral that millions of Americans were going through and probably people around the world. Um, but I was on a run one day and I heard Jim Rohn say, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And that was the light bulb moment for me. And I always quantify things. So for me, I went, okay, on a scale of one to 10, if we're measuring success in any area of our life, it's safe to say we all want level 10 success, right? Like we want level right. 10 health, level 10 happiness, level 10 money, like every area of life we right. want level 10. But I, I assessed for myself and anybody listening, I encourage you to do this. What on a scale of one to 10, where's my personal development? And at that time, it was like a two or a three on a good day, you know, like I was because I was I had lost all my money. I was in desperation mode, like just I would go in the office in the morning when I woke up and I would work until I went, you know, like all day taking breaks for lunch and dinner. And then I would go to bed at nine, maybe watch some TV and like rinse and repeat. I didn't have any time where I was dedicating to becoming a better version of myself. And so that was the epiphany I want. If I want level 10 success in every area of my life, I have to become a level 10 person. And so then I thought I've got to create the most effective, you know, uh, personal development ritual in existence. And then when I figured out what that would be, the question was, when am I going to fit this into my schedule? And all things pointed to, if I want to start my day off in the right way and, and, and how you start your day sets the tone and the context for how you live your day, right? If you have a mediocre morning, you have a mediocre day, you have a miracle morning, right? You kind of create miracles throughout the day. And so that was really the start of this whole thing. And within two months of doing this morning ritual, I more than doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life. And by the way, that was in 2008 when the economy was still getting worse. So it wasn't that my outer circumstances got better. I just was learning and growing every day um, and applying it to my life. And I went from being in the worst shape of my life to deciding to run a 52 mile ultra marathon. And my depression that I had been diving, like, falling into went away within a few days of doing this morning practice because I had so much hope. And I went to my wife and the end of this, that part of the story is I said, sweetie, my life has changed so fast in the last two months. It feels like a miracle. This little, this morning ritual is it, it's, it's a miracle. And she goes, it's your miracle morning. And I go, I love that, you know, and yeah. kind of the rest is history, as they say. And of course, I'm happy to dive into any, any parts of how this all evolved, uh, you know, that you'd like. Yeah, I mean, there's so much here and and I and I love everything you're about because I started really taking charge of my mornings probably about 6 years ago mm. and it it sort of happened by accident because I started training for triathlon like 8 or 10 years ago and I had to get in swims before work and I had to mm. get in bikes before work and so I didn't realize that that at the time I was establishing a morning routine. It wasn't yeah. like in stone, but it was something that I did for myself, personal development um, with a goal, you know, every day and showing up. And I thought, and I used to always be that person. I am not a morning person, which is um, probably, I, I bet you could talk on that because I'm sure you hear that all the time. Like, what about the mindset? I mean, you said we're programmed that way from kids, yeah. but what about carrying that into adulthood? That whole, I'm not a morning person. Like, yeah. what do you do when someone tells you that? So it's, 
Well, first I'll say you're not alone because I was not a morning person. That was the hardest part for me was getting over that. And um, the and I will also say I was asked probably a year ago on a, a podcast. I was asked how you know the Miracle Morning. Um, the book has sold two and a half million copies, and our community is millions of people. And just the Miracle Morning community Facebook group has two hundred seventy thousand members. And so the person asked me of this community that people are doing the miracle morning, what percentage of them were already morning people before they read the book? So it was an easy, it was just like, well, okay, instead of checking the news or Facebook in the morning or email, I'll do the miracle morning. Like, okay, but I'm already waking up early. They said, and what percentage of them had never been a morning person like most of us? Right. And I did not know the answer. So I surveyed our community and I was kind of pleasantly surprised, I guess, that 72% of miracle morning practitioners said they had never in their entire life been a morning person before they you know, read the miracle morning. So anyway, so you're not alone is the first thing that I would say. And then the other piece of it is I realized through my own journey to you know, go from, well, I'm not a morning person. How am I gonna wake up an hour earlier to realizing that, oh, saying I'm not a morning person or believing I'm not a morning person is nothing more than a limiting belief. It's mm. nothing more than a story that we tell ourselves. And when I, when I had the epiphany of that was it wasn't just, it wasn't just becoming a morning person, it was actually when I started training for the, the ultra marathon. The reason I did that is I hated running. I still hate running. I am not a runner. <laughs> Before that, I had never run more than the obligated mile in PE class in high school that you had to run like every semester or whatever, right? But I hated running. And so, um, but I, my friend was raising money for charity and he invited me to run. And I said, hell, heck no. And, uh, and then I said, I'm not a runner. And uh, he said, well, you could come like walk a 5k or something. And I thought, well, that would be like, I got to at least challenge myself. And so I was doing the miracle morning. It was right around the same time. And I started to get excited about pushing myself to do things I had never done before, right? Waking up early every day was one of them. You know, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. all of a sudden, like, I'm like, I can do anything in this miracle morning. Every morning, I would just feel like a better and better version of myself. And I felt more confident. And, and I just I wanted to keep expanding and challenging myself. And so I thought, okay, screw it. I'm going to run a marathon. I've never <laughs> run more than a mile, but other human beings have run this. 26 miles. <laughs> that right. tells me it is possible. I, that's one of my right. big beliefs is if another human being has done it, you can too, <laughs> I can too, right? And then once I committed to the marathon, and I mentally started to wrap my head around it, two of my friends had run ultra marathons, which is you know, two marathons, just 52 miles straight, right? Double two in a row. And, um, and I thought, well, if same thing, if they did it, I can do it. Right. And so I started training for this marathon. And at first I hated it. Now I used the miracle morning and we can get into that. I used affirmations and visualization to like, kind of, like kind of overcome this resistance that I had to running. Um, but here's the point is that I became a runner. And I had this one day, I remember, I can picture myself getting ready for the run. And I like had this aha where I went, oh, I had a limiting belief that I wasn't a morning person because I had always slept until the last possible minute. Of course, I'm not a morning person. But when right. I started, when I made a commitment to wake up a little bit earlier and I did it consistently, I quickly became a morning person. I considered myself that I wasn't a runner. Oh, because I didn't run. Then I started running 
and I became a runner, right? So that's really, that's what I would say is that if you are not a morning person or you don't think you are, right? That's nothing more than a belief that you've constructed based on your habits that was probably conditioned throughout childhood, unless you were some weird kid that was like, I'm waking up before school so I can read or do my homework, right? Right. You know, that's Said a rare no child ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you're the anomaly, the outlier. But um, but otherwise, it's a join the club thing. You're, you know, that people that start, you're not a morning person until you start waking up early. And then once you do and you experience the benefits, it becomes really easy to, you, then you, you can't sleep and you're like, wait a minute, on the days I wake up and I meditate and I read and I journal and I exercise and do all these things, I feel amazing. I have so much clarity, so much energy, so much motivation, so much drive. And then you sleep in and you're like, you wake up and you're like, uh, I'm missing all of those profound benefits that I had yesterday when I did the morning routine. And, and, and I'll say, I'll say this, um, one question that we'll get a lot in the Miracle Morning Community Facebook group is, hey, hey, do you guys do this five days a week or seven days a week or six days a week? And almost inevitably, it's the same answer that I give, which is I started five days a week. And I'm like, well, I'll take the weekends off. But the, you know, it was the same thing where Saturday I'd wake up and go, I'd wait, I'd sleep in until I had to get up and then I'd go out the door and do whatever I had to do. And then I'd go, I miss out. Like yesterday I woke up and I went through my Miracle Morning. I felt amazing. And then when I don't do it, I don't feel as good. I don't have as much clarity. I kind of just go through the day. So it went from five days a week to six days a week to seven days a week. And it's been seven days a week for, you know, 12 years. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that was a, a little bit of a tangent, but uh, hopefully that's Yeah, helpful. no, no, super helpful. And um, I don't know how much of the Miracle Morning you want to share because you've got like, you know, you want people I'm to not, buy I won't the anything. book. I know, but as a fellow author, I want to say, make sure you go buy the book, everyone, buy the book. Um, but I also want to talk about um, the little bump in the road that that came along your journey for this newest project, because we definitely want to tell everyone about the movie. Yeah. Um, so let's jump to that real quick, because I think that will give people a really powerful um, kind of context for what this Miracle Morning actually can do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, so I, I'll mention real quick my backstory. When I was 20 years old, I was uh, in a car accident. I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 80 miles per hour. Uh, and I was I broke 11 bones and I was found dead at the scene. And I, my heart stopped beating. I was clinically dead for six minutes. So wow. that's that, you know, rare, like near death experience or technically I was dead for six minutes. So, it, you know, it, it, but it's one of those like once in a lifetime type experiences. So I thought that I had it out of the way. I'm like, all right, you know, I've, I've been there. I've done that. Like, you know, that was a crazy experience. It will never, you know, now I'm, I would always, I would always joke. I go, look, you only live twice. And, you know, and the odds of something like that happening to me again are like slim to none. Right. Well, um, about five and a half, six years ago, one of my good friends uh, is a filmmaker, Nick Conadera. And he came to me and the miracle morning at that time, I think we had about a hundred thousand people in the community. Um, and he, he was a member of the Facebook group and he did the miracle morning himself. And he came to my house one night for dinner and he said, Hey, I think we should do, or I'd love to do a documentary about the miracle morning. He said, I'm seeing these people post in the Facebook group that one guy, he goes, lost 90 pounds. Like another gal overcame her depression. Another gal, you know, like there was just, there, there's all these amazing stories. He said, what if we made a documentary about like, you know, he said, you as in me on this mission to change the world one morning at a time. And then we actually showed 
all these amazing stories and it could introduce the miracle morning to a whole new group of people. And, you know, and I go, wow, I love that idea, but I'm so busy with, you know, I'm overwhelmed with all the stuff I'm doing, like, you know, maybe, maybe next year or something. And Nick is very persistent and he kept texting me and he kept calling me. Right. And over the next few weeks, or I don't know how long it was, maybe months, he kept pinging me and saying, when are we going to do the movie? When are we going to do a movie? And I said, again, reach out next year. And he finally figured out my like weak spot, if you will. Um, he called me and he said, Hal, what is your mission in life? And that, at that point, the mission was to um, change millions of lives one morning at a time. And he said, what percentage of people read self-help books? And I said, I think it's like 5%, maybe. He said, what percentage watch movies? And I got, I, I got where he was going and I go, yeah, the other nine, at least in developing developed countries, the other 95%. And uh, he said, Hal, if you want to, if you want to truly impact millions of people, you've got to put it in, the, in a medium that people can, that, you know, that they're going to consume. And uh, I was like, I guess we're making a movie. And so we started <laughs> filming this movie and the original vision for the movie was, well, let's film i just or i guess i mentioned it right it's me on this journey like he came to paris with me to do a media tour and you know and i'm doing a book signing of all these miracle morning fans in france and like it was really really cool um and then we had the idea what if we started to what if we went and reached out to some of the world's most successful people in different walks of life and we got we captured their morning routine and we went to their house and you know it's kind of a shot in the dark i don't know if anybody's gonna let me in their house but right. the first person that let me in was Robert Kiyosaki, uh, author of Rich Dad Poor Dad. He's a huge Miracle Morning fan, and then from there, it we you know we we filmed Mel Robbins, who wrote the Five Second Rule, um, Layla Ali, who is Muhammad Ali's daughter, eighteen-time world champion boxer, right? And um, Brendan Burchard, Robin Sharma. I mean, on and on and on. Uh, all these incredible people. We got to capture the morning routine, and then that's all the prelude to what your question was, which is what happened um, halfway through filming. I was hospitalized. I, I had trouble breathing and my, my lungs were collapsed. My one lung was collapsed. My heart was on the verge of failing and my kidneys were on the verge of failing. And it took about two weeks where I kept, um, my lung kept filling with fluid. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. And finally, uh, I was diagnosed with a very rare aggressive form of cancer that is known as acute lymphoblastic leukemia, blood cancer. And it's such an aggressive cancer. It, the survival rate is 20 to 30%. Wow. And, and at that time, my daughter was seven and my son mm. was four. And I won't tell you my wife's age, but I, you know, married. Um, <laughs> and uh, as you might imagine, you know, being a parent, I mean, I don't care who you are getting cancer and being told you're, you have like a 70 to 80% chance of dying is horrifying for anyone. But especially as a parent, like, you know, thinking, oh my God, I, I'm going to leave my little, my children without a dad. This is crazy. And then it went from, can the miracle morning change my life as it had to, can it save my life? And uh, I, I kept practicing the miracle morning every day. Um, I, I went through one of the most intensive chemotherapy regimens known to man. I mean, it's 650 hours of chemo over an eight month period, almost hundred oh hours a month uh, for eight months. And most people die from the chemo, you know, if not the cancer. And I decided to combine every holistic practice available as if I weren't doing chemo. I did um, ozone therapy and acupuncture and juicing and took 70 supplements and uh, um, coffee enemas um, and lymphatic massage, like you name it. I, I, I went full, you know, hippie, if you will. I did every holistic practice that I could. 
and and my miracle morning and my affirmations. And I had an affirmation that said, because I believe so much in the mind-body connection. Uh, after my car accident, the doctor said I would never walk again. And I said, I decided I will walk again. And they didn't understand. I took my first step three weeks later. And with that kind of knowing that that was possible, I had an affirmation every day that said, I am committed to beating cancer and living to be 100 plus years old alongside Ursula and the kids, no matter what, there is no other option. And every day I would have fear, especially in the beginning would trickle in like, oh my God, what if I die? This is so, you know, and I lost all my hair and I lost, you know, 40 pounds and I was only 106, I'm six feet tall. I was down to 125 pounds and all this stuff. And um, I called our filmmaker and I said, Nick, you'll never believe this. This was when I was diagnosed, I was in the hospital. I said, I have cancer and it's a, it's a bad one. And it, the, the odds are not very good that I'm going to live. And so I've got to focus all my energy in staying alive for my family. And so the movie is on hold in, you know, until further notice until I beat this and Nick being a filmmaker who was capturing my story, he said, Hal, you know, this wasn't the first thing he said, but he eventually said, Hal, um, <laughs> look, right. I, he said some I believe nice things gonna... first, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 First he was there for me as a friend, of course. <laughs> right. Um, but then he said, Hal, I, uh, look, I have faith that you're going to beat this. And he said, and I, I, I really want to film you on this journey because I think you can be an inspiration for a lot of people when they see, he goes, cause I already know your attitude. I know, you know, and I already told him, I'm like, I'm at peace with this. I'm going to, I've decided I will be the happiest, most grateful I've ever been while I endure the most difficult time in my life. Right. My cancer will not determine how I feel inside. Uh, I will not be a victim, any of those things. And so he said, we have to capture this because you're going to beat this. And this is part of your journey. And so I was, you know, I had the talk with my wife and my family, like, you know, Nick wants to be at the hospital and do some filming of us and interview you guys and all this. And um, thank God he pushed because the movie, the first 60 minutes of the movie is the original vision. It's, it's, it's me on this journey. It's of the miracle morning and sharing it around the world. It's all these amazing stories of people creating extraordinary results in their life. It's the morning routines of some of the world's most successful people. And then about an hour into the movie, all of a sudden I've got a cell phone selfie video and I'm like, Hey, I don't, I can't breathe. They don't know what's wrong with me. And from that point on the last 30 minutes of the movie is this really intimate journey with like by my side, watching me at my lowest point in tears in the ER. I mean, just, yeah. And, and, and it really, I think that it's going to really empower people, both the miracle morning aspect, but really the, the cancer journey empower people to take control of their lives and, and kind of make those same decisions I made, which is like, it doesn't matter what happens outside of you. You don't need to depend on the government or on anyone to take care of you. You are completely in control of how you think, how you feel, what you focus on, what you do, and therefore the life that you create. And that's no, you know, no matter what happens to you, you can take control of your life. Tell me how you're out. Like there's so much if you don't have control of your inner world, that the outer world dictates your inner world. And so yeah. the miracle morning is really about taking charge of your inner world. So the outer world is just what it is, right? Well, yeah, exactly what you said that if, if you don't have a practice, a daily practice to take control of your inner world, then your outer world dictates your inner world. And most of us, that's what we do is we go through the day and we're very reactive, like bad day. I feel bad. 
good day, I feel good. So we're not in control of it. It's like we are at the mercy of our circumstances, the situations in our life, you know, the, the you know, the news, the government, right? All of these things, right? It is election day, of course. Um, but uh, and here's what I what I realize is that so most of us, if we go to bed feeling stressed and we wake up the way most people do, which is at the last minute, then we don't have time to process anything, to nurture ourselves. And we just go through the same, you know, we kind of rinse and repeat the same day. We eat the same thing. We, 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 we go through the same motions. With the miracle morning, it's like hitting the reset button every single morning and giving yourself the gift of this out, you know, 30 to 60 minutes of really crucial time where you get to meditate. Right. In fact, let me, I'll give a real quick overview of the miracle morning. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Yeah, it's what made is of it? six practices and they are organized into an acronym. So it makes them really memorable. It's easy to kind of go through the list in your head. The acronym is SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S. And, I, and the acronym to me is very fitting because these are the life savers. These are the six practices that will save any of us from missing out on the quality of life that we deserve. The first S is for silence. That's your prayer or your meditation time or your contemplation time. Sometimes sometimes I'll actually, usually I meditate, but a lot of times I'll just sit and think. I'll actually sit and think from a, from a, I have the space to just sit there in silence by myself with no distractions and really get clarity on what's most important in my life right now. What should I think about? What should I focus on? What should I do today? The, the A in savers is for affirmations. And affirmations have a bad rap. I think people have been, you know, we've been taught these goofy affirmations just to like pump yourself up. I'm amazing. I'm, I'm brilliant. I'm awesome. I'm, I'm successful. I'm a millionaire. Like, right. We're taught to like lie to ourselves and just tell yourself that you whatever are, whatever you want to be. Uh, for me, my affirmations are really, uh, they're very intentional in the way that they're structured. Um, and they always start with, there's really three steps. So I'll give these right now. Number one, affirm what you're committed to. So I am committed to beating cancer and living to be 100 years old with my wife and kids, no matter what, there's no other option. I am committed to running a 52 mile ultra marathon and train, right? No matter what, there's no other option. So first affirm what you're committed to because in life, you don't get what you want. We all want, you know, I want, you know, to win the lottery. I want, right? You get what you're committed to. So that's step one for an affirmation. Number two, step two is affirm why it is deeply meaningful to you. Why is it meaningful? Why, and I could even say, why is it crucial? Like, why is that outcome so important? Why are you committed to it? Um, and so that's the second step is why is it deeply meaningful to you? And then number three is which specific actions will you take and win? Which specific actions will you take and win? And I have this formula of affirmation for every single one of my goals. That's the foundation for my affirmations. So as a dad, as a husband, in my business, you know, in my health, every area of my life, I've, I'm affirming every day, I'm committed to these results, this is why, and this is exactly what I will do to achieve these results, and specifically when. And now you've got an affirmation that's rooted in truth, it's reaffirming what you need to think, focus on, feel, believe, and do to ensure that everything in your life that you're committed to becomes a reality for you. The V in Sabres is for visualization. And you don't have to look further than the world's greatest athletes from Olympians to professional athletes. They swear by visualization, right? And that's, that's not a coincidence. Um, the problem with visualization, the way that it's been taught by most people is most people, uh, or when I say most people, I mean the way that I've learned it, the way that it's been portrayed in films 
is we're taught to just visualize the end result and that's it. So whether it's making a vision board or visualizing yourself living the life of your dreams or whatever, the problem with that, there is value in that, which I'll, I'll touch on. But the problem with that is if all you do is visualize the end result over and over and over and over and over again, you actually trick yourself into thinking it is a foregone conclusion when it is not, right? It, without your effort. So if you have a vision board that has your dream home and uh, you know a, a six pack abs and whatever, like if you look at that, great, it might you know remind you of what you want. I actually call my vision board the invisible board because you eventually it just becomes like background, you know, wallpaper. You stop seeing <laughs> so it because it's true. been there so long, right? Yeah, true. Um, so there are two keys to making visualization really effective. And the first one is actually what I just talked, uh, kind of out, spoke against, which is you do want to visualize the ideal outcome because that does increase your drive and desire to make it happen. And it, it, it fuels the belief that it's possible. So when I was training for my ultra marathon, I hated running, right? And I didn't even, the idea, I could hardly even wrap my head around the fact that I could go from running zero to all, you know, running 52 miles in a day. So every day I visualize myself crossing the finish line of the marathon and I actually printed a picture of the Atlantic City Marathon finish line, the actual finish line. So I was actually envisioning where I would be running across and doing that, it, it increased the drive and the desire to make it happen, but it also acclimated me to the possibility like, wow, this thing that seems so unreal, I've seen it in my mind's eye so many times, I'm starting to believe that it's possible. However, that's the least important part of visualization. The most important part of visualization, in my opinion, and my experience, is you have to visualize yourself taking the action today that will move you in the direction of that outcome. So every morning, I visualize the alarm on my phone going off at 7 a.m. on my iPhone, and I visualize myself picking it up, turning it off, going into my bedroom closet, getting dressed in my running clothes, walking through my living room, opening the front door to my house, and I always visualize myself smiling. And in that moment, while I was visualizing, I would say things to myself like, I would see myself looking out at the, at the, at the sidewalk, and I would say things like, I'm learning to love running. Today is going to be an amazing run. I am becoming a better version of myself. I am learning. I am growing. My body is getting healthier and stronger. And this is going to be a great run. And I would create these emotions, these ideal emotions to compel me to take the action that would ensure I eventually arrived at the outcome. So the key is to visualize yourself engaged in the necessary activity each day and put yourself in the optimum emotional state while in that activity. And so here's what would happen in real time. When the alarm went off on my phone, Meredith, at 7 a.m., I would pick it up. And normally, without that visualization, I'd go, oh, God, I don't want to. And I would talk myself out of running. I'd be like, yeah, I'll just do it tomorrow or whatever. But because I had rehearsed it mentally and emotionally in the morning, when the alarm went off, I didn't even have to think. I turned off the phone. I walked into my bedroom closet. I got dressed in my running clothes. I walked across my living room. I opened the front door. I smiled. I was flooded <laughs> with positive emotions. I looked at the sidewalk and I was compelled to, to, to take a run. And you can apply this to every area of your life from running to making cold calls to writing a book, you know, right? So like anything that you resist doing to, you know, you can even visualize yourself just engaged with your kids or your spouse. If you and your spouse are fighting, right? Use visualization to create the optimum emotional experience to greet your spouse for the day. 
And then when they come out, you've already rehearsed it. And it's easy to, to step into the reality that you visualize in the morning. Oh, oh I have I a few it. more. I love it. I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we're I forgot. on V. Oh, the rest no, are shorter. Those are my two that I go into. Um, <laughs> the E is for exercise. And all I'll say is this, is you don't have to go to the gym in the morning for an hour, but you should exercise for five or 10 minutes. Do some jumping jacks. I go for a bike ride every morning. So I get both exercise, fresh air, and actually also nature, right? So, and I love my bike ride in the morning. I just think like, this is life. All the other crap is just a game. This is actual life. Me in this moment, right. getting fresh air, right? This is life looking at the trees. Um, so exercise in the morning, do some yoga, do some stretching, do something. And the reason is to get the blood and oxygen to your brain to, to wake up your lymphatic system so that you have more energy throughout the rest of the day and more mental clarity, right? So that's why you exercise for just five or 10 minutes in the morning, part of your miracle morning. The R in Sabres is for reading. And again, there's no rocket science here, but realize, you know, most people like 95% of society, as I said earlier, they don't read self-help. They don't read personal development books. Well, you look at the divorce rate. How many of them, if they read a book on how to maintain a successful marriage and they gained that knowledge and put it into practice, how might that transform their marriage, right? We're all one book away from transforming any area of our life. You want to lose weight? There's a book on that. You want to improve? You want to be a better parent? There's, right, I've got 12 books right on my shelf on being a better parent, you know? <laughs> so any area of your life, you're one book away from transforming that. You want to be a morning person? right? The miracle morning. Um, and the final S is for scribing, which is a fancy word for writing or journaling. And it's the magic that happens when you put pen to paper or even fingers to keyboard. But when you take the thoughts out of your head and you articulate them in writing, whether it's writing down what you're grateful for, whether it's looking at your to-do list and asking yourself, okay, of these 12 items, what's the number one item that'll make the biggest impact in my world today? I'm going to do that First. And if you do that every single day, that practice will transform your life, your business, your productivity, all of it. And those six practices, those savers, any one of those will change your life. But I'll paraphrase what Robert Kiyosaki said when he interviewed me on Rich Dad Poor Dad. He said, Hal, any one of the savers will change your life. But when you do all six of them, he goes, it really does create miracles. And he had been doing the miracle morning for months at that point. Um, you know, and so that's it is if you do all six of these, and you could do them in, you know, when you read the book, there's a chapter on customizing your miracle morning. You could do them in any order. You could do them in any duration. It could be a, there's a six minute miracle morning version. There's a 60 minute, right? you anywhere in between. So you really get to customize it to your preferences and to fit your lifestyle. Yeah. And I love that you said that there's a six minute miracle morning. Everyone who is listening and saying, I do not have an hour. You yep. have six minutes. <laughs> so this, you know, you can customize this, you can make your morning, you are in the driver's seat. And I absolutely love this. I do a lot of the miracle morning, just not in this order or, but I, you know, the one thing that I need to really work on when I look at this list is affirmations about what I'm committed to. I'm missing that. And I'm missing, you know, what specific actions will I take? I have visualization, but it's kind of loosey goosey. So I, I think I'm definitely going to firm that up. And, and this has just been so helpful. So tell us about the movie. Yeah. And then, yeah, tell us about the movie. So um, if you go to miraclemorningmovie.com, you can watch the trailer. That's the first thing I would encourage everybody to do. Like it's the trailer. So good. You know, oh my two, gosh. I watched it right before the oh, interview. Oh, you saw it? Yes. I got a little choked up. 
little yeah, check yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, it gives you a great encapsulation of what the movie is about, you know, and what and how it's going to benefit you. Um, what we're doing, we, we're launching this. We were going to do a theater launch in June, and this little thing called COVID hit. Um, I am actually grateful because we have, you know, the Miracle Morning is published in 37 languages, so it's like in 100 countries, and 90 per or like all those people they couldn't have attended the the theaters in in the states, right? But now it's going to be streamed online. People can stream it to their TV or watch it on their computer or whatever. Um, but we're doing an, a live online premiere. And so right now, if you go to MiracleMorningMovie.com, you can pre-order the actual digital download. So you'll have the movie forever. And then you get a ticket to the live online world premiere. And it's a full immersive experience where um, I'll be there. We'll watch the movie together. Probably tens of thousands of people around the world will watch it together. But it's immediately followed by an implementation training from me. So it's like, okay, you're all inspired now, but like what, what's step one, two, and three for you to do tonight to, to start your first Miracle Morning tomorrow? So there's an implementation training. And then following that is a live Q&A with me and our, our team of filmmakers. So you can ask me anything you want. And then it, the whole thing concludes with a brand new and improved Miracle Morning 30-day challenge, um, which will be delivered you know, via email. And that's, it's all, it's all, that's all part of the, the ticket price which is like 20 bucks, 1995 or whatever for all of that, the digital download, everything. Um, and, uh, and then the, um, yeah, 30 day challenge. So all of that is at miraclemorningmovie.com. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I really feel like the movie, not only is it great cause it's gonna be worldwide, you know, online release, but I just feel like with, with what we're going through right now as, as a global society, yes. I feel like this is needed now. I almost get choked up. Like, I, I've the people that have watched it, we've done some early screenings and stuff and people are in tears going, that's exactly what I needed. Like, like you, that, that movie just changed my life. Like I, I now feel like I don't have to suffer anymore because of all these things I was pointing to and blaming for why I'm struggling emotionally, why I'm stressed out, why I'm depressed. Like that movie just taught me, showed me I can take control of my inner world, right? Of my life, right. you know, just like that. So I hope yes. it'll do that for millions of people around the world. Oh, I love it so much. How this is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, last question for you. This podcast is called The Same 24 Hours, meaning we all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those 24 hours or perhaps in the morning, <laughs> which leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. So I like to ask my guest, what is something that you do daily? Maybe for you, it needs to be outside of this morning miracle, but um, just, you know, a life hack or something that you have pointed to that you can point to that you're like, that matters. That matters that I do that every day. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's two things. And one, of course, it's the miracle morning. You know, for me, that ensures that I'm like that, you know, that I go into the day with like clarity, focus, energy, momentum, because otherwise, like most entrepreneurs, especially I'd go in my office and I'd be scattered. I'm like, oh, I've got like 20 things to do. What do I do? <laughs> But that doesn't happen anymore because when the miracle morning ends, I know exactly what to do. And that's the second thing that I do is I, I, I don't know if you've read the book, The One Thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I ask myself, okay, I've got, I always have a, you know, I have more on my to-do list than any human can do. Like most of us, I ask myself, what's the number one thing that I will commit to get done today that will move the needle in my life and my business more than anything else. And every day I do that. So every week, I get at least seven things done, you know, right? But like the right. seven most important things, um, you know, and, 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 and part of that too is I encourage people 
to focus on what you're getting done, not the gap between what you're not getting done, because that gap will always exist. You know, there, there's always going to be a million things on your list that you could do, should do, would do if you had the time, but you don't. So in order for our mental sanity and our emotional well-being, it's really important that we're focusing on our highest priorities and that at the end of the day, we go to bed feeling really content and really at peace and really, you know, grateful and proud of ourselves. that, you know what, I, I woke up. I decided I was going to get this thing done minimum. Once that's done, of course, go to number two, number three, number four. Um, but but to get the most important thing done in your schedule every single day, yeah, that's a game changer in my opinion. Yes, yes, I love it. Well, Hal, thank you so much. My, Meredith, I am, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And everyone listening, I, I hope uh, I see you in the Miracle Morning community and at the movie premiere. And thank you for uh, your time today. It's been an honor. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.